Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Well, last night, it was a brief night for area hoops. Wright State, 103-71 to winners over IUPUI. That was the only area game, and there are no area games tonight, which means I have a chance to bring on CBS Sports Bay Area sports anchor Charlie Walters on the show here back earlier in the season, right around when UC was playing in Maui. I'm bringing him back on again, get an update on the Bearcats, but also let's talk some Bay Area hoops because there's some programs out there right now that used to be relevant that aren't so relevant anymore. And there's one that you cover pretty closely in St. Mary's that is very relevant this year that if you've been listening to me, I've talked a lot about here on this show, but this is a Cincinnati show and you're a Cincinnati guy, even though you're living out there in the Bay area. So Charlie, thanks for coming back on again. And what is your updated uh, thought on Cincinnati and where they are right now? They're exactly where Literally, if you just go back to that November episode when we were talking about the Maui Invitational, every prediction that I had about this team was correct, except for the fact that I said I think Houston will blast them by 20 points. They did it fifth third. Now, they, they gave Houston a good fight on the road, but it's exactly what I thought they'd be. They'd beat up on Wichita State. They'd beat up on USF. They'd take care of business in East Carolina. And then when it came down to it against Memphis, against Houston, and against some of these premier programs in this league right now it's crazy to say premier programs in memphis but in terms of the last three years they've been above cincinnati there's no question and it's kind of what i expected it to be there's just not the horses in the barn yet to run with some of these teams now jizzle james rayvon griffith day day thomas it looks like it's right around the corner hopefully um, the thing that alarms me, though, with this team right now is the, the, the coaching down the stretch. There have just been some issues with, with lineups. There is no reason for Mike Adams-Woods, Jeremiah Davenport, and David DeJulius to be on the floor at the same time. Yet, that was the starting lineup for about a year and a half, and we're still seeing it sometimes in games. I feel like the fan base can see it, yet Wes Miller can't see it. I don't know if it's – you know, loving on the hometown guy, Mueller Crusader right here. I understand that, you know, we love our own, but at the same time, Jeremiah Davenport, just when he's getting 30 plus minutes in a game, good things don't happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I think your sentiment is shared by a lot of other Cincinnati fans that might listen into this show, Charlie. And I think that when you look at Cincinnati right now, they had been trending in the right direction. They'd been stacking wins, but the problem is, they weren't beating the quad one teams that they need to beat to then get into the NCAA tournament. Their only win under Wes Miller against the quad one team. And if you listen to this show, you've heard me say this before was against Illinois in the first quad one game that they played under Wes Miller last year. in that exempt event since then, they've lost 12 in a row against quad one teams. And they had to have Mike Saunders hit about seven threes yeah. in that game. And Davenport hit about seven of his own. I mean, it was, it took 60% from beyond the arc, and it took Illinois to shoot equally as bad oppositely. Um, they shot about 20% to win that game. But, yeah, aside from that, they showed some fight in the second half against Xavier, but, again, couldn't get the job done. They showed fight in that Houston game, couldn't get the job done. That was really the first time they've had a pulse against Houston since Jaron Cumberland was in town for Cincinnati. 
But uh, Memphis, it seems like they always come out and lay an egg, and then they they try to make a climb back in the second half and just always fall short. It, it's just it's like we're watching the same old story over and over. And Wes Miller's in these post game conferences saying, "No, this team has what it takes to compete. I know it. We're going to get it out of them." Like, no, they don't have what it takes to compete. We can all see it, which is fine. I mean, as a coach, you have to go out there and say that if you're Wes Miller. You can't go out there and say, yeah, these guys just don't have what it takes. But let's be realists here. They don't. I think they've overachieved a little bit of this year, not the opposite. Um, but then there are plenty of people that look at this roster and they say, well, DeJulius is a nice player. Landers Nolly's a nice player. Victor Lockett's a nice player. That is true. But it takes more than three, four players in college basketball. You know this. We all know this. Yeah. It, takes, it takes a village. Well, you talk about a team that has built it up right now, and that's a team out there. Let's talk about where you are in the Bay Area, because I think there's some really intriguing stories around teams that are in that area of the country right now. And this podcast has been so focused on Cincinnati. I know I sprinkle in the National Nuggets at the end of the show, try to keep everybody updated on the college basketball landscape as a whole. But there's a really big story out of Moraga, California, and that is St. Mary's. And the Gales right now are 21 and four. Are they tricking the computers, Charlie? They are seventh in Ken Palm right now. They're a team that's been tracking in the top 10 of the net. They don't really have the quad one wins to match it. Only two right now on the season. Is this St. Mary's team for real or are they not? They're legit. It's a program that has won one or two tournament games multiple times in the last decade. So it's it's an interesting program in the fact that they are still a mid-major, but they're on that tier where you know you don't treat them the same way as you would San Francisco getting into the tournament last year from the same conference, or if Santa Clara was to make it this year. You just look at St. Mary's as the tier above them, and deservingly so. I mean, they have some talent. Logan Johnson, you remember when he was a Cincinnati Bearcat, younger brother of Tyler Johnson, he had some big-time offers and played for you know an NCAA tournament Cincinnati team as a freshman. He's the third or fourth option for this team right now. Really good defender, great on the ball defensively. But then they have a freshman, Aiden Mahaney, that's from right across the street in Camp Alindo, which is literally, let's say, you know – if a player went to Withrow and then played his college ball at Xavier, we're, we're talking that close in terms of Cincinnati. So just a mile down the street, knew Randy Bennett as a young kid. I think he went to some of his basketball camps growing up, and now he's playing for Randy Bennett, not just playing, but he's the best player on the team, averaging over 15 points a game, had 18 against Gonzaga. If you haven't heard the name, remember the name, Aiden Mahaney, because he's an absolute stud. Uh, Alex Dukas down low is a nice player. They just have a uh, – you know, they're a gritty team that that gets after it defensively. I don't know how they're going to match up in the tournament. Uh, I know they won a game last year and then went up against UCLA that just, I'm going to use that phrase again, had a little more horsepower in the barn, and they ran them out of the gym uh, with, with their scoring abilities. But St. Mary's can defend you. They're gritty, and they can, you know, they can sneak into the second weekend, no doubt about it. So they beat Gonzaga over the weekend by eight in overtime. Their other quad one win on the season came back in early December against San Diego State. Two quad one wins and then their four losses, one of them to Colorado State, another one to Washington, who's really struggled this year. But their other two losses mixed in there, one to New Mexico, who's 
trending in the wrong direction very much so might not even make the tournament right now and then Houston 53 to 48 that was a five-point game that was at Dickey's Arena down in Fort Worth Texas uh St. Mary's how far I, I know you answered a little bit there Charlie but how far can this team go with how their schedule has set them up this year well, last year they were the highest seed in program history. I believe that was a five. You can correct me if I was. was I'll it check it here it may real have, quick. It, it may have even been a six seed last year. Five. Um, it was uh, a five. Okay, five seed. And that was the the highest in, in program history, not even tying the best in program history outright. And St. Mary's, it's, they're interesting right now because they're trending in the right direction. I believe after that Gonzaga game, that was 12 in a row. So 12 wins in a row right now. They're hot. They've been destroying teams in the West Coast Conference. San Francisco is a team that I look at as being a sneaky team. They, they can, you know, come out and beat some decent high major teams. And St. Mary's dominated them on both teams' floor. In Moraga and in San Francisco, uh, they took care of Santa Clara. They've taken care of Loyola, who's a good team. They just beat Gonzaga, as you mentioned. We'll see if they can go into the kennel, and that'll really wake some people up if they can do that. But in terms of going into the tournament on a roll, unless they absolutely crumble down the stretch, they're probably going to go into the tournament having won you know, 19 of 20 games or something along that mark. Uh, so they're hot, no doubt about it. When they were losing to Colorado State and Washington at the beginning of the year, I think it was a completely different team. You didn't know exactly what you were getting from the freshman Aiden Mahaney. He's turned on the Jets. He They're playing through him now. He's great on the pick and roll. He's knocking down his threes. And even the other game against Gonzaga, when he wasn't hitting his threes, he was still sucking out defenders because he is a capable three-point shooter. And then he was finding Dukas on the roll. And, uh, yeah, I mean, St. Mary's is a good team right now, no doubt about it. Let's talk – Pretty quickly here about a couple other teams that are right out in your area that I, I was talking about earlier. Cal and Stanford. Cal right now, three and twenty on the season, two hundred and fifty second on Ken Palm. Stanford's better. They're ten and thirteen and 99th on Ken Palm, but still two programs that have a lot of history that have really gone south and headed in the wrong direction lately. What's wrong with them right now, Charlie? Well, Cal can make some moves. They're getting Peja Stoyakovich's son in next year. They have a seven-foot-one center right now in Maxime Reno, who I think is going to be an NBA prospect, can handle it, can shoot it. Seven-one, good hand, strong. Actually played with Victor Wimbignana on the fr France under-16 team. I, I was down there today doing a story on him. And he'll be an intriguing prospect next year. He's just he's 19, he's a sophomore, he's averaging eight and five, but he's a year away from kind of hopping onto the national stage in my opinion. Ingram, if he comes back, he's a nice player. And then they they have a good recruiting class. So Stanford, next year, it's Jared Hass's year to prove that he's the guy down there. And who knows with them? Uh, they're, they've taken a backseat to their women's program right now that's a perennial power in uh, women's basketball. As for Cal, they're, they're toast, man. Like, ah, they have no money. Their athletics department's broke. They don't want to invest anything into their athletics. They just... Mark Fox is in a tough situation over there right now. And the fact that he's keeping his job after consistently losing 20 plus games. And this year right now there's three and 20. And if he keeps his job heading into next year, that just, it really goes to show what they think of their athletics programs right now. And it's, 
people out on the West Coast do not care about college basketball like they do in Cincinnati. I worked in the Knoxville TV market, the Lexington TV market, Alabama. I just worked around the South and the Midwest and grew up in Cincinnati. So I saw that region for so long and how people love collegiate athletics. And it's just not the same out here. I mean, Arizona's coming to town over the weekend. And I asked Stanford's SID today. I said, surely your 7,000 seat arena will sell out, right? He said, nah, maybe 4,500. And we're talking 4,500 for Arizona in town for a pack. You mean, game. you mean for Cal? You mean for they're playing Cal? Stanford over the weekend. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, no, Cal Cal's playing Stanford this weekend. Or are they playing them both? Are, um, is Arizona doing a two game trip? They probably are. Yeah, they yeah, are. They're doing it. Oh, yep. Arizona's playing Cal right now as we speak. Never mind. Uh, okay. Let's let's hear the score of that one. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I see it on Ken Palm. This is this is live reaction. Let's uh let's get the store the score of Cal and I'm Arizona. Gonna, hold, on, hold on, it's it's eight fifty five. So I'm guessing that game's probably ending here soon. I'm gonna go Arizona eighty two, Cal fifty five. Oh wait, no. <laughs> Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. It's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, okay. Arizona's making a two game or as we record that this is beautiful podcasting. That's, I'm going to leave that's off. what you get. That's what you get, man. When you're interviewing a Pacific guy that's still looking at Wednesday and you're looking at Thursday. Usually I cut this show up and I re-record it if I stumble over my words, whatever. I'm just going to leave all this in for the people, the listeners of the rebound rundown. This is a Thursday. This is a Thursday show recording on Wednesday night at 1156 Eastern time. Cal will play Arizona tonight on Thursday night. They will also play Arizona will also play Stanford. It's a swing uh, and they will also play Stanford. So back to your point. Nobody's going to go to the Stanford Arizona game. Nobody's going to the Stanford Arizona game. I just gave you my 8155 prediction for tonight. A 26 <laughs> point drubbing for the Wildcats. Cal's in a, in a bad spot right now. Um, and I don't think Mark Fox is the guy to turn around. I don't know who would want that job though. And it's, it's a program that has a lot of history, especially Stanford. Growing up, yeah. I was a huge fan of the Steve Logan Bearcats teams, and that was Bob Huggins. That's when I fell in love with Cincinnati, and Stanford was one of their competitors that they saw in the NCAA tournament. And from, from really 1996 to 2008, Stanford was a perennial tournament team and a perennial top 25 team. And now they're just, I don't know, uh, COVID didn't help them with all the restrictions they had. It was almost two lost seasons right there. So Stanford appears to be on the rise, and even this year, they're competing a little bit, but the California Golden Bears are an absolute atrocity. Uh, but even when you think back to Cowan, like the mid-2010s, Quanzo Martin there, they, ha they had some good seasons, but they haven't been good for a while. They were 241st in 2019. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum in, what, 16-17 in that yeah. tournament? I think they played Texas A&M or uh, Hawaii. They lost to Hawaii, I think. Jalen Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Tatum Duke, but, yes. but yeah, but yeah, either way, they had talent. Yeah. So uh, last thing before I let you go, you did work in the Alabama TV market. Have you followed, put you on the spot here, you followed the Crimson Tide at all basketball this year? Uh, not a ton. No, okay. I was, no, I, uh, not even it's football. Fine. Like I, like I said, I'm, I'm out in a uh, professional sports market. We're covering the Niners all the time. We're covering the Warriors and I only have so much time to invest. And unfortunately I give that time to the Cincinnati Bearcats and watch ESPN <laughs> plus games that are lagging and freezing. And I'm paying 10. Honestly, they should be paying me to watch these games. I'm watching <laughs> East Carolina and I'm getting, you know, 
I'm watching the the shot clock go from 30 seconds to five seconds with a 25 second freeze in the middle. It's it's been it's been brutal. I'm ready for the Bearcats to get back on that national stage again in the Big 12. Start bringing in some better recruits because these last three years they've just been overmatched. And you go into every game kind of knowing the result. Like growing up with Cincinnati, you expected the them to win every single home game at fifth third, regardless of whether it was Houston coming into town who was better, whether it was Memphis who just had better players, you expected the Cincinnati to win that game and if not win, to at least compete. But now home floor means nothing right now. I feel like they've lost 15 games on their home floor over the last two, three seasons. Yeah. Charlie, as always, I appreciate it. And uh, let's let's get you back on one more time here, maybe before the season ends or or as a season recap, if if that's the path you choose to go down. Yeah, as the, as the Bearcats are making a run in the tournament, because I thought that <laughs> I thought that they could finish out this season strong, and then Lockin gets hurt, Finnessy gets hurt, you just and and Wes Miller has a, a beautiful coaching meltdown down the stretch with some of his lineups. So I don't know, the verdict's still out for me on Wes Miller, but I, I believe in his character to lead the program. I believe in the way he recruits. I just want to see some in-game and ju- adjustments, and I want to see him be the reason that the Bearcats win a big game and not the opposite. Cause I feel like there have just been some times this year where he has been out chest uh, by Sean Miller, by Kelvin Sampson, by Penny Hardaway. And the list goes on. Yeah. Charlie, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. National Nuggets quickly now. Number six, Tennessee, lost at the buzzer to Vanderbilt, 66-65. West Virginia beat number 11, Iowa State, by five. Number three, Alabama blew out Florida, 97-69. Number 23, Creighton won at Seton Hall by 13. And number 20, Providence beat Georgetown by 12. Tonight, not a ton to talk about, but there's a couple intriguing Big Ten games. Number one, Purdue is at home against Iowa, and Northwestern is at Ohio State. Paul's pick of the day, presented by Betfred Sportsbook, did not win last night. Utah State and San Diego State combined for 124, well below the total of 144.5. Tonight, I'll take Purdue minus seven at home against Iowa. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.